I hope you can try and make sense for us as to what sparked uh, this kind of attacks. So the IRR believes that what sparks these attacks is underlying frustration, frustration among South Africans for the policy failures on the part of government. So what we mean by this is the economy is very weak at the moment, high unemployment. We have a 52% unemployed youth in South Africa. And in fact, South Africa is home to 2% of the world's unemployed youth. And this means that people are frustrated, people are feeling defiant and lashing out to, to be quite honest, easier targets around them, lashing out to what they perceive as people taking opportunities from them, when in fact what it really is is the lack of job creation, the the lack of economic growth in South Africa, and South Africa being relatively unstable at the moment, and that actually trickling down or, or, or flowing down really to the poorest of the poor to and it and people you know lashing out and feeling that they have to express themselves but why make uh, those uh, foreigners the target uh, because in most instances it's not people who are working formally but it's people who are working for themselves exactly so it's people working for themselves and we know that there are people who believe that the foreigners are, for example, not uh, privy to the same labor legislation as South Africans are. This is occasionally the case, but it's not always the case. It's, it's people that have come here to make a living and are using what they have to make a living. And in fact, who the, who the South African should really be angry at is the South African government, which is not... Uh, supporting their own, you know, not supporting South Africans in 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 finding work, in lifting themselves out of poverty, and and that's really for us the issue. It's policy reform. We need to see policy reform because these sorts of attacks will just continue. We saw it in 2008. It's not really stopped. Just maybe not been as 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 uh, uh, far-reaching as we've seen recently again in Durban, but it's not stopped. And the thing is, it's not going to stop unless South Africans are empowered in their own right. Now, what which uh, policies do you think uh, they need to uh, reform so that they can appease uh, locals, that they don't lash out and uh, also to uh, what you refer to as, um, you know, the soft targets? Exactly. So the main, main, main things that we call for is uh, legislation reform, so labor legislation reform. Currently, it's very stringent. Yes, there are reasons for behind it, but it's not working. It's making it difficult for business owners to hire people because they are, for example, too scared to fire, which means that people don't get work. We, for example, believe that it's better to have a job that maybe doesn't pay initially what you want to be paid, but that half a loaf of bread is better than no loaf of bread. So we're calling on government to 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 deregularize the labor market so that it's easier to start businesses, it's easier to employ people, it's easier to skill people up, and especially in agriculture and manufacturing, where we've actually seen a decline in the proportion of GDP that these sectors uh, 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 contribute to in our economy. So we want to see those sectors grow again. We want to see especially manufacturing uh, uh, 
see an upsurge in South Africa and see people getting jobs in manufacturing so that they can uplift themselves from poverty so that they can feel dignity. So that's our main, uh, that's our main call for policy reform from the government part. From you, the seem, government part. you seem to suggest that uh, it is frustration on policies uh, from uh, locals, but uh, when you speak to government people, they say that uh, it's pure criminality. Well, of course, criminals do take advantage of unstable environments. So, especially, you know, what we're seeing in Durban now, that's an unstable environment. And obviously, criminal elements will take advantage of that. So, criminality, but again, criminality, as far as we're concerned, is also an outflow of a weak economy, of people being out of work, of people being pushed true crime in order to make a living and and therefore seeing the gap in in violent, unstable, unhappy situations as we're seeing in Durban. So it's all really interlinked and and so and yes of course education is very important. We must talk to our young people about the role of other African countries, about South Africa's role on the continent as a whole, about uh, you know the historical role that many of these African countries played during the apartheid years. But ultimately, if South African citizens and South African people are not empowered, we won't be surprised to see flare-ups of this to continue. Now, you, you also mentioned... Uh, go ahead. No, no, I also wanted to say it's good to hear that there is leadership coming from government, President Zuma, uh, speaking out against it. There's unfortunately, uh, uh, for uh, too much silence coming from King Goodwill, the Latini side, uh, but, you know, there is political leadership obviously coming out and speaking against the violence, but we also need to see leadership in terms of how are the underlying causes going to be addressed. Now, you suggested that uh, people also need to be taught as to what role was played by some of the countries uh, during uh, the mm. attacks. And uh, the other argument would be that, you know, our people went into exile into these countries. Uh, they were kept in camps uh, because they were focusing on the cause uh, that had uh, forced mm. them to mm. come through. While we do have, in some instances, and those are valid reasons, that we have undocumented people and some of them uh, perpetrate uh, the most uh, worst crimes to our people. Well, exactly. I mean, of course, there is also the documentation issue. We do need to, pardon me, we do need to, uh, the documentation issue is an issue. Uh, that is another place where the government can take can take leadership. Uh, but, you know, countries like many of the people that come into this country are from uh, Mozambique, Zimbabwe, Nigeria, and so forth. And Mozambique was a very important country for the ANC when it was banned in South Africa. It was welcomed in Mozambique. So, you know, just to keep that in mind. But, of course, I mean, of course, we're seeing the same. We're seeing these issues mirrored in European countries as well, in the U.S. as well. For example, the U.K., you know, the documentation of people coming into the U.K., the documentation of people coming into Italy, Germany. It's not a unique South African story. It's also a European story, and it's something that those governments are facing and dealing with as well. Given the political leadership and the dialogue uh, that seems to be happening between uh, representatives of those countries and our politicians, do you think we'll see an end to this? We really hope so. An end has to happen. I was asked this morning if, if there's any way that we can envision a country without xenophobia, a country without racist incidents, and we said, I said yes, because that is the ideal. We cannot allow discrimination. We cannot allow violence and discrimination to become even more of a norm in our country, and dialogue is a beginning. 
and that's fantastic to see, but we also want to see leadership and policy reform. And we really believe that if South Africans are empowered, if uh, foreign nationals are properly documented, we will, we will all be able to live together and really thrive and see South Africa grow from strength to strength as well.